It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Steve and Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Uh, look, I, I, we got a lot to do tonight. Uh, obviously, we're going to give you our picks for tomorrow's NFL slate. Uh, we're going to talk about Uncle Urban and, uh, geez, he got bounced earlier than expected. But I guess when you're kicking players, it's probably not a good sign. Uh, but but I wanted to start today on on... If you're a sports fan, if you enjoy sports, if you enjoy watching these games, whatever sports you like, I I think that we could be approaching a situation in which we very well could see sports take a bit of a respite once again because of COVID-19. And look, I don't want to be an alarmist. I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but I think it's important to at least note that these leagues are starting to take a real look at these elevated numbers. Obviously, we've got them here in the state, but across the country, numbers are up. Delta is still the the, the dominant strain, but with Omicron being here, it, it poses a new threat to sports. And thankfully, a lot of the preliminary information shows that while Omicron is, it seems to be transmissible at a much higher rate. Like you're talking 60, 70, 80% more transmissible than Delta. But thankfully, a lot of these illnesses, both around the world and here in the United States and even locally, have been mild from Omicron. But but I think it's a real possibility that these leagues are looking at these numbers. They're looking at Omicron being here. And I think we need to ask the question, is sports going to go away again? Look, late this week, 60 NHL players, as of Thursday, had entered protocols. In a four-day span, 52 players in the NBA had entered protocols so far in December. You got the Rams and the Browns game and the Washington football team all dealing with issues. 67 players went into protocol from those three teams alone. Look, Baker Mayfield out due to COVID. Backup quarterback out due to COVID. They're trying to pick themselves off uh, up from their bootstraps after a, a, a rough patch, and they're going to have to go into the, the, the at least this game and potentially even another game without their starting quarterback. You had the Canadians in the Flyers game the other night. No fans. At the request of the Quebec public health officials. You got the Premier League in Europe postponing games canceling games for Thursday and tomorrow. 
look, leagues are trying to do what they can to stay afloat. They're trying to do what they can to keep these games going. NBA has has offered more guidance. They're offering, uh, the, 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 they're saying that, look, if you're a tier one, tier two participant in these organizations, you got to get a booster. Because especially in the NFL, you can't have star players sitting on the sidelines because of COVID. You just can't, especially down the stretch when these teams are trying to make a playoff push. So the good news is that a lot of these guys aren't being sick. They're athletes, generally speaking. But but my issue is, do you feel like it's we're entering a danger zone? We're entering a situation where these leagues are going to say, look, we got to stop it. And look, we, we already dealt with no March Madness back in 2020. We're dealing with the situation where you're getting into the NFL playoffs. And could you see situations where you've got three, four, five, in the Lions case, six guys out because of COVID protocols? I could. And what do you think these teams, you think these teams want to go into these pivotal games without their guys? No way. Could we see postponements? Maybe. I mean, look, I, I I think all of this is on the table, and it scares me as a sports fan. It scares me as as somebody who I believe at this point we're not getting into a place anytime soon where COVID's just going away. I don't even think that we'll ever get to that point. I think it's going to be around for a, at least the foreseeable future. So I, I, let me ask you, Jace. You think these teams are are entering a danger zone? You think they're getting into a situation where they're really considering, you know, bolting the doors, at least to fans? Like, are, are we getting back into the era of cardboard cutouts? Are we getting back into the era where they're not letting fans in the seats or they're going to make fans socially distance and only allow 50% capacity? I, could you, I mean, look, after a full season of having people back in the seats, butts in seats, could you see these leagues or these organizations or, or even health departments in the case of, of Quebec and, and Montreal and, and, and Philly? Could you see a situation where they're dictating, look, can't have these games right now. And then, of course, you got the Lions game uh, uh, coming up tomorrow. And, and Dan Campbell came out uh, Friday and said, I think it's highly unlikely for us that we get these guys back in a, in a timely fashion. A lot of these guys that are out because of COVID and look, uh, I mean, in, in the lion's case, again, we, we kind of talked about this last week. I, I, the, the, the record is meaningless to me. It doesn't matter. They're trying to build a foundation of being a tough football team, a resilient football team. That's what matters at this point, right? You want that number one pick. You don't want to lose in embarrassing fashion. You don't want to get blown out of the water. You're, you're just trying to build for the future uh, because this year's over. And now you've got I- I- important pieces that are out because of COVID. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's done for the year because of uh, a surgery to his his thumb. So look, I, I, I just I'm in a I'm in a place where I'm very fearful where this thing is going to go. And 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 I, I believe me, like you, I don't want to see it. I don't even want to be talking about it. But here we are as a real possibility that this thing's going to go sideways. And and all of this, remember, you still got all these college football bowl games in the next couple of days, right? Like, like you got Michigan in the playoffs. Like, what is this going to look like? 
Are they going to, is the NCAA who has been relatively conservative through most of the pandemic um, and, and, and really put a lot of roadblocks in place for these teams to, to, to be able to be successful. And these schools are, are really trying to clamp down on, on trying to control this if you get a spread. But this would this would just be disastrous. So look, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not I'm not predicting it. All I'm saying is, as a sports fan, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that these conversations are being had, and and I'm just pray I am praying that we don't see ourselves in another situation where a you don't have fans in the seats, and b these teams just say we got to shut this thing down. Can't do it. So, uh, look, something that we're going to keep an eye on for you, something that we got to watch, um, but I think it's it's time that we start looking at this as a realistic possibility. All right, we got to take a quick break. On the other side, I want to talk a little college football. Dabble Sweeney has come out and, and come out strongly against something that has kind of turned into a cornerstone of college football, something that has evolved over the last couple of years and has been a real tool for teams to get better. And this isn't just your traditional recruiting, going to mom and pop's house and, uh, you know, and and having uh, Sunday dinner with a kid. This is a different situation. Dabo Sweeney hates it. We'll talk about that on Sports Wrap as we continue here on WJR this Saturday night. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Uh, so we know how impactful the transfer, portal, the transfer portal, easy for me to say, can be. Look uh, in East Lansing. Look what Mel Tucker was able to do. Bringing in upwards of 40 guys in a combination between recruiting and a transfer portal last year, put together a 10 win football team beat Michigan was in a position down the stretch to make the college football playoff, to make it to Indy, to get yourself a shot into the playoff by winning the big 10 championship. Uh, if the transfer porter, if, <laughs> if the transfer, I wouldn't do any better ex- with it. <laughs> I, all right. Jeez. Oh, Pete's if the portal didn't exist, uh, Mel Tucker wouldn't have landed himself somebody like like Kenny Walker. At least this year, it would have had to sit out. And so the the transfer the transfer portal has become really um, an incredible tool for teams to use in, in an effort to to make an instant impact, to get better instantly, to to get guys that have at least been in college football that have been in college weight rooms that understand kind of the day to day that you need to have in college football. It's an instant upgrade from that position. Are you going to land the Kenny Walker every year? Nope. Nope. Are you going to land somebody that, that, that could be on a Heisman uh, on the Heisman stage in New York for, for the trophy presentation? No, no. And I think that's an unrealistic uh, expectation. But Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of of Clemson, who hasn't utilized the portal like other guys, um, said this about the transfer portal this week. It's chaos right now. Tampering galore. 
adults manipulating young men. Education is like the last thing right now. He called again for the NCAA to return to the the year of, well, you got to sit out if you transfer. And get that year back after you graduate. Says he needs that the the that college football needs to keep the focus on graduation and education. And and okay. See, here's the dirty secret about college football. I think. Especially at schools like Clemson, schools like Alabama, uh, they'll go in to recruit schools. They'll go in to recruit homes. And and depending, and, and look, they'll feel out families and try to figure out what's most important to them. If football is most important to them, you better believe that these recruiting pitches are centered around what happens on the gridiron. They're centered around what happens inside the lines. If family is is really high on education, getting that degree, talking about the the how valuable that piece of paper is at the end of your your college career, that's how they tailor their recruiting pitches to. And I, I think it's I, I, look, I think it's important. The education aspect in all of this is incredibly important. The average span of an NFL career is three years. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? The rest of your 40 years that you need to work at least nowadays, right? Like you got to find another way to make money. And that's where the education uh, piece comes into play. But for Dabo to come out and say, well, hold on a second. This is about, we are not focusing on education. Okay, Dabo. Please spare me. You want to win football games. That is your job. Your job is to win as many football games to win the ACC championship and to make the playoffs and give yourself a lottery ticket to to win a natty. That's what your job is. And I think it's funny when somebody from a power five uh, school who's had tremendous success as of late not so much this year, but over the last five, six years, Clemson has been a force. They've been Alabama. And I think it's funny when somebody like Dabo comes out and says, ah, this is tampering. We're not focusing on education. Spare me. Spare me. Because you know what somebody like Mel Tucker's doing? He's doing both. He's able to graduate kids. He's able to 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 mold them into productive football players, and he's going to get them into the NFL. Kenny Walker was not going to be a first-round, uh, early second-round pick last year. Wasn't going to happen at Wake Forest. This year, he's that. He's the best running back in college football by far. He should have been in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. And, and again, I believe that I, it's a bit disingenuous to come out and, and preach the education graduation thing when your job is to win football games. So I don't look, I, 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 I do I think that Dabble really cares? Maybe he cares. Maybe he wants the, the those graduation numbers up. He wants the, the, the those GPA levels up. So he can go into recruit homes and say, look, we're graduating 90% of our student athletes. 
our student athletes have a, a, a an overall GPA of like three eight. Like that's then that three eight. That's a little high, but of three. Like, you know what I mean? Like that can be a selling point for a lot of these folks. And, and do I think the transfer portal has gone to a wild, wild west mentality a little bit? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't know that we need to give these kids instant eligibility. But if that's the system we're all working under, if that's the situation that Clemson, that Oregon, that Houston, that Michigan, that Notre Dame, that Alabama, that everybody's playing under, if everybody's on the same playing field, then what does it matter? When they get into your building, you focus on football and you focus on education. I just think it's a little bit of a high and mighty approach from Dabo Sweeney. What do you think, Jace? Oh yeah, he's trying to be the uh, the white knight here, and uh, oh, that's terrible. And and I'm sure things that he's done uh, with his program that have not been mentioned. I'm sure there's some some stuff that he wouldn't want mentioned. But I mean this this is this is essentially the minor leagues for the NFL, and this is basically now it's college football free agency, and these kids are are starting to uh, kind of go and, and do it. But look what's happened with coaches in the last few months that are just sure. – they're just getting up and they're just – they're heading to another school as they please. So what's to say – you know, they're, they're uh, you know, they're the uh, they're the adults here and, and they're showing these kids that, hey, this, you know, because of money or this or that. Well, they're, you know, essentially a guy like uh, Kenneth Walker – he went to Michigan State and his stock went up. So he he did it right. And like you said, it's not going to happen in every scenario. But um, yeah, it should be about education. But let's you know, let's not fool ourselves. It's a lot of these schools. It's mostly about football. That's why they're there. And by the way, let's not mention the fact that schools like Clemson, that the big boys, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma, all these schools. You know what they do during signing day? They over recruit. Right. They over recruit. And then they'll tell guys, look, you're not going to start here. It's not going to happen. And then what do they do? They go to the transfer portal. I think I think that, that that is a bigger problem that somebody like old Dabo isn't hitting on. These big schools will oversign, and then they'll just go tell kids, look, uh, look love you, appreciate you coming here, but you're not going to be starting middle linebacker for us. You're not going to be starting at corner for us. You're not going to be starting at wide receiver or quarterback. So that's your options. We'll continue to have you as part of this team. We're going to continue to give you an education, but but you won't be playing football for for the Tigers. So what do you, what, what do you expect the kid to do? They're going to go, okay, well, I'm out. I can get a degree somewhere else. All my credits are going to transfer, and I'm going to go to a place where hopefully I can play. So I think it's disingenuous. I think you're right about the coaching carousel and guys just getting up and leaving. I think there's a lot here that, that you know, uh, uh, it's a kind of a tone-deaf pitch here uh, by Dabo Sweeney. All right, I want to take a quick break. I want to talk about Urban Meyer on the other side because what Urban Meyer did is what Urban Meyer does. And after all of his successful years in college football, after all of his years winning a national championship down at the Swamp, winning a national championship in Columbus, you know, turning around a Houston team or making Bowling Green better. All of that work that he's done to, for all the good, Urban's going to Urban. 
and he did it again. We'll talk about that next here on Sports Wrap. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So old Uncle Urban couldn't make it one season. Couldn't make it the distance. Oh, boy. (laughs) Look, here's the deal with Urban. And we have been talking about Urban Meyer throughout the course of this year. Uh, So Urban gets popped. He's out at Jacksonville. Heck, uh, former Lions head coach Daryl Bevel has taken over. The first Lions coach in forever uh, to get uh, another head coaching job. (laughs) That's Daryl Bevel. But this urban thing has been bubbling for seemingly the whole season. Nobody likes urban in the building. He's telling everybody they suck. He's telling everybody that they're no good. These players are no good. Telling his coaches that they stink. Going out, getting a a little how you doing from a a girl at a bar in Columbus uh, after not flying home with his team uh, in a game earlier this season against Cincinnati. He decides to hang back in Columbus and go to a bar with some buddies. Don't worry, he was just visiting his grandchildren. I'm sure they were there doing Jaeger bombs with him. Then the final straw that broke the camel's back was the situation with the kicker, right? Urban goes out and and decides to to kick the the uh, the, the leg of former Jags kicker Josh Lambeau. He was stretching in a lunge position. He comes up and kicks him and says, uh, "Why don't you make your bleepity bleepity bleep field goals?" And Lambeau says, look, it it wasn't a love tap. It wasn't like a, hey, let's kick this thing into high gear. It was a kick. He's like, you could have kicked me harder, but it was a kick. And it wasn't ribbing. It wasn't joking. It was like, hey, I need you to kick your field goals. And then once that story uh, became public with the Tampa Bay Times, um, the organization just said enough is enough. We're out. We're done. That we, we can't have this anymore. And in a situation where you're dealing with a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, when you're dealing with a situation where y- you can't further alienate this team, you can't further divide them, he had to go. And just, and, and it's almost like in urban fashion, right? Like, oh, he's got heart problems, so he's got to leave Florida. But then, you know, he takes a year off. Next year, he's coaching the Buckeyes. Ah, I got to step away for family reasons. Uh, Takes a year off doing some TV, and then he's back. Now he's in the NFL coaching the Jags. Like, Urban is full of excuses. Urban is, he's full of something. But mostly excuses. When things get tough, when there's some heat, Urban, you know, he does the Claude Lemieux and Turtles. And I and, and Jason, I think that when we look at kind of what's next for Urban here, I I am under the belief that Urban will get a shot somewhere. Sure. He's gonna get an opportunity. But I think that for the time being, 
I think he's radioactive. I think that they look at what happened in Jacksonville as being a, a kind of permanent stain on Urban Meyer. And here's the other part in all of this that I don't think people have talked about a whole lot. College and football, or college football and NFL football are different beasts. College football, you're dealing with kids. You're dealing with, with guys that are trying to get to the NFL. In most cases, that's the goal. And you think this is the first time that Urban's kicked somebody? I mean, look, I don't, I can't prove that, but that's just kind of my assumption. You think he's never done anything like this before? Well, in college, you can kind of get away from that because those guys, those kids, uh, th- what are they going to do? Talk back to their head coach and, and what, possibly burn the opportunity of scoring some more playing time? No way. But when you get to the NFL, when you're, when you're coaching guys that in a lot of cases make more money than you do, uh, there's a, it's a much finer line to walk than you were in Columbus or Gainesville or wherever. And I think that finally Urban got popped doing something that he's probably done before. Is that crazy, Jace? Oh no, no. I I think he he's probably. I mean he he didn't uh, he didn't go to the NFL and change his mindset. It seems like he just can. He's he acting. He's acting like he's still a college coach. And there's always been those talks where college, you know, obviously college and NFL are a lot different. But that's why there's been so many unsuccessful college coaches in in the NFL. Is because it is such a different ball game, and you know he will get another shot. Uh, obviously, not in the NFL. Uh, I think he'd like to forget this stint of his career, but he'll definitely get another shot. He's probably saying, "Why didn't I get fired a few weeks uh, earlier?" Because then, uh, you know, all these jobs are now filled. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think uh, for for as for for as much as not a fan I am of Urban Meyer, I it, it to me it tickles me to know that they waited just long enough. And I look, I think the Josh Lambeau piece uh, in the Tampa Bay times really threw this thing over the edge, but I think that it's just ironic timing that after all these jobs fill up, Oklahoma, LSU, USC, Notre Dame, all of these big time jobs when they're gone, that's when we want to bounce urban. So look, I think he's radioactive from football for the time being. And I also think he's radioactive from TV. I don't think Fox can go out and hire urban back. I don't think ESPN can go out and hire urban Meyer. I think he's going to have to sit quietly for a while. Like at, he's going to have to, at least a year. He's going to have to sit on the sidelines for, for a bit. Uh, look, I, I think that if urban wants to make a return to coaching, like he always has, you know, these whole, this whole nonsense of him retiring and, uh, you know, the hearts. It's nonsense. What about, nonsense. what about this scenario? Uh, Ryan Day has been linked to the Bears job. Mm-hmm. What, what if uh, Uncle Urban made his way back to Ohio State? Uh, well, that may be the only place they would take him. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, and and uh, that would surprise no one. That's a good point. I, I I would be very interested to see. I don't, I, again, I think even from an optics perspective, I don't think they would be able to touch Urban Meyer right now. No. At the, if at the end of the season, when, they're, when, the, when the Rose Bowl's done, and, and if Ryan Day is serious about going to the NFL and taking that NFL job, uh, I would be, 
I think that you would have to elevate some assistant and then have talks with Urban behind the scenes to just say, look, uh, we want you back. We'd love to have you back, but we can't have you back <laughs> right now. And we gotta, you gotta just hold tight for us for a little bit and see how it goes. It's very possible. All right, real quick, want to take a break. I want to come back. Uh, how about this? Uh, unbelievable. Tiger Woods back in action. Playing in the PNC with his son, Charlie. Great to see. We're going to talk about that. We'll give you some of our picks uh, for tomorrow's slate of NFL games as well. Don't go anywhere. Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. Chris Renwick in this evening. Uh, back for more right after this. Well, I got to be honest. Uh, when Tiger Woods came out in that press conference a couple of weeks ago and and made the announcement that that after that car crash, after the injuries that he sustained, that he's going to have to be a little more choosy when it comes to which tournaments on the PGA Tour he's going to play. And and as a golf fan, as a Tiger fan, um, it was kind of a bummer to hear. But then you hear the extent of what happened in that car accident and the possibilities that existed for Tiger Woods, like amputation, like like taking his leg from him um, because of the injuries. It's frightening stuff. So now I think you have a better perspective and and you hear like, well, look, I, I'm going to be able to play, I think. I'm going to be able to, to play at a high level, but I'm only going to be able to play a couple of, of tournaments a year. And, and that's with age, that's with the the wear and tear on his body and the violent swing that he had when he was younger that, that propelled him to many of his 80-plus PGA Tour wins. I mean, th- this is kind of what is going to happen. Now, The, the I think the, the, the accident really, it, it jolted that process for Tiger Woods. So, with all that being said, and just a couple of weeks ago he came out and said that, for him to be playing at the PNC down in Florida with with Charlie this this weekend is incredible. It's exciting. Uh, Charlie Woods is legit. He's he's got very sim similar mannerisms to his dad, and he he can crush the ball for for a kid his size. I mean, really, you, you hope that he's going to be able to take some of this pressure off Tiger to uh, p- put some of these balls in good spots where they're going to be able to capitalize. But but whether or not they win this thing doesn't matter seeing tiger back playing even somewhat competitive golf this isn't a competitive golf tournament this is father and son tournament uh and and it's just it's more of a fun thing so just seeing him out there playing in some kind of tournament is exciting but that process for him is 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 ongoing that 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 rehab process to getting him back to even remotely where he was like when he won the masters a couple years ago it's it's a process. So just seeing him out there is uh, is a good thing. All right, I want to get to the NFL before we got to wrap because obviously a uh, full slate of matchups tomorrow, and and I, I think that when you kind of look at at where this thing is, uh, you got New England and Indy tonight. Um, I, I I New England goes on the road. I think New England gets the dub here. Uh, I think that when you look at even tomorrow, Jason, I think there's a couple of interesting matchups. Uh, one being this uh, this Giants 
Cowboys matchup. We had talked about this a little bit last week where we thought your Cowboys were in a good spot to wrap this division up. If they can get a win today, uh, they'll do that. And I believe the Cowboys get this thing done over the G-Men today uh, at uh, MetLife Stadium uh, in Jersey. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think the division's wrapped up. I think the winning last week uh, was important. So now they have, I, I believe, if Philly beats Washington and, and the Cowboys win, then the Cowboys win the division. But yeah, yeah, it's it's wrapped up. Whether it happens this week or next week, it's it's done. Uh, another interesting matchup is Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Tennessee has put together a nice little stretch here. Uh, after Derrick Henry got injured, I mean, look, they they've lost a couple of games. That look, they lost to the the Texans a couple of weeks ago, which is really inexcusable. But uh, you, you know, you get the win last week over the Jags. Try to start a, another winning streak here. I, I don't know that Tennessee's going to be able to get it done. I, I'm just I, I'm I'm a little. I'm a little leery in this game. It's a tough game to pick, but I'm going to take the Steelers at home. What do you think? Yeah, give me the Steelers. Uh, I think uh, with Derrick Henry, when Derrick Henry went out about a month ago, that's when this team uh, started its slide. So, yeah, give me Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to be real desperate for this one. Uh, Another couple of games in in the 4 o'clock slate. Uh, You got Seattle at L.A. taking on Matthew Stafford and the Rams. The Seahawks have been really bad this year, certainly not up to their standards, but uh, showing a little bit of life even last week uh, with that uh, win uh, against uh, the Texans. Again, Texans are terrible, uh, but I think that win was important. They got a win against the 49ers a week before in that divisional matchup. Stringing together a couple of wins, I think it ends tonight, or, or, or uh, excuse me, tomorrow afternoon at, at 4.30. I, I just don't think that they're, they've got the firepower to beat the Rams. No, they don't. I definitely uh, take the Rams uh, to win this one for sure. Uh, and then I want to I want to try to get one more game in here. We'll do two, real quick. Green Bay, more. Who you got? I am going to go with Green Bay. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't heard anything about Lamar Jackson's status for this game, mm-hmm. but um, I just think Green Bay is rolling right now. The offense looks good. I'm gonna give me Green Bay. I'm gonna take Green Bay as well. I just don't get Baltimore. They're so hot and cold. And you're right. The 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 situation with uh with Lamar, we just don't know. Last game that I want to make a pick on, New Orleans traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Who you got there, real quick? Tampa Bay, absolutely Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is gonna ultimately win the NFC. Uh, the Saints with Taysom Hill, no, nope, no chance. Tampa Bay. Give me the bucks. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have yourself a wonderful Saturday. We'll catch you tomorrow uh, right here on WJR. Have a good night.